Health Outreach is a student-run, registered charity based on the campus of Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Our goal is to facilitate needs-based peer-to-peer health discussions on a local, national, and international scale. This podcast is for those who are interested in health, global health, global development, ethical engagement, and education. Join us and our special guests bi-weekly as we chat about discussions surrounding all these topics and more. We would like to thank the CFRC 101.9 and the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences for this collaboration. Additionally, we'd like to acknowledge that Queen's University is situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. We're so grateful to be able to live, learn, and work on these lands. Hey everyone, it's your host Kate Miller, and welcome to episode 2 of QHO on Air's Mental Health mini-series. In today's episode, I'm joined by two amazing humans, Prishni and Peter from the Peer Support Centre at Queen's, commonly known as the PSC. Prishni is currently working towards a history degree and certificate in business and is the marketing manager of the Peer Support Centre on campus. Having struggled with her own mental health during her time at Queen's, Prishni is able to benefit firsthand from the services offered by the PSC and now aims to similarly support students with whatever is on their mind. She believes that no one deserves to suffer alone and strives to remind students that they can always find an empathetic ear at the PSC. Prishni is also working to turn around her experience with trauma and recently founded an initiative called Starts With Youth which aims to raise awareness and build a community for those who've experienced childhood abuse and intergenerational trauma. Starts With Youth has now launched its inaugural Queen's chapter and will be working to build a community of compassion, understanding, and support for abuse survivors here at Queen's. Prishni believes that all students at Queen's deserve to be well-supported and received with warmth and care throughout their mental health journey. Peter is currently in his fifth year of kinesiology here at Queen's, and he's the head manager for the PSC for the 2020-2021 academic year. Some fun facts about Peter are that he's from Etobicoke, he loves table tennis, and not a day goes by that he doesn't think about eating sushi. Peter doesn't know what his time at Queen's would be like without the peer support senator, as it's been such a defining aspect of his Queen's experience. Peter feels that so much of our time on earth is defined by how we treat others. And the PSC strives to foster a supportive and inclusive Queen's community for everyone. The PSC is all about listening first and responding second. Prishni, Peter, and I have a super authentic conversation about mental health, what it means to us, and how we support our own mental health as well as those around us. Prishni and Peter also share their experience with the PSC and we explore the power of sharing our stories with others. Peter concludes the episode by sharing a ton of awesome mental health resources for people that they can access both in person and remotely and volunteers or trained professionals. There's really something out there for everyone. All right, let's get into it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So hi, Peter and Prishni. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah, of course. So I guess just to get going, um, do you guys each want to introduce yourselves and just let our listener know um, why you joined the Peer Support Center. So why don't we start with Peter? All right, so hi, my name is Peter. I use he, him pronouns. I'm the head manager of the PSC this year. Um, Why did I join the PSC? Well, I think I got really lucky in my first year. I had this really amazing Don and um, he, he took us, when I say us, I mean like myself and my floor, 
he took us on a campus tour during frost week. And so really early on in September in my first year, I got to see, you know, all the, all the different places I could go on campus. And, and I kind of got a good feel for it really early on that I'm really thankful for. And one of the places he took us was to the JDUC to see the PSC. And I remember it was from that moment that I saw the PSC on that very first walk around campus without my parents, obviously. And, um, I remember he explained what the PSC was. And just in that moment, I thought to myself, wow, this is just, this is so cool. The, the idea that there are other students like myself who are just sitting here waiting for you to come talk to them about literally anything, financial issues, love life issues, social life issue, issues, you know, academics, like whatever it is, whatever is on your mind, there was a place for that. And that there were human beings that were just volunteering their time just to be there to listen to maybe you know recommend a resource if appropriate like the the, the whole concept of it seems so amazing to me um and so that was in first year and then so once applications opened up i think it was probably like mid to late february could have been early march something like that um of course i, I jumped right on it i applied um, I just I wanted it so bad because I, I was just so I was just so compelled with the whole idea of it all. And I applied, got the interview. Um, thankfully, you know, I, I got in and I was a volunteer in my second year. And then all the expectations I had for what it would have been like to be on the PSC team in first year, all the kind of, you know, everything I built it up to be, the reality surpassed it all. Like my second year was with the PSC was better than I I thought it could have been. And I made friends that I'm, I'm still close with to this day. Um, yeah, so I guess, why did I want to join the PSC? Just because of what we do, you know? Like, like, we're just here to support people no matter what. We're just a listening, empathetic, non-judgmental ear that's just there for you, you know? And we're not a substitute for professional help, but we're just we're just there for other fellow students. And I feel like that idea, you know, that act of supporting someone else in that way, it just seemed too amazing to pass up on. Yeah, no, for sure. And when you're saying that you were just so compelled because you're like, these people are so awesome and compassionate. It made me think about how, honestly, I feel like humans can be kind of underrated sometimes. And <laughs> it's really awesome that like all these students are literally just volunteering their time and, just to listen and like be there for someone else and someone that they don't even know. So I think that is pretty awesome. Um, Prishni, do you want to now share a little bit about yourself and why you joined the Peer Support Center? Yeah, definitely. So um, hi everybody, my name is Prishni and I'm the marketing manager for the Peer Support Center this year. So why I joined the Peer Support Center is I completely agree with both everything um, you and Kate, Peter have said that the Pierce Award Center is just, in my eyes, such a great center full of such compassionate and warm people. And that's something I firsthand experienced when I went in as a peer when I was in second year. So I was going through a tough time and I needed somewhere to talk. And I tried out the Pierce Award Center and I was received with so much just love and compassion. And I found that it was so helpful for me during that time to have a place to go just to talk and to vent and to have a peer there to just validate what you're feeling. So when I entered my third year, I decided that I wanted to try and 
create that space for other people on campus that I benefited from and I really understood. So I started off as a volunteer. And then the next year I was um, privileged to be chosen as a supervisor, which was great. And then this year I'm able to be a manager. So I've been able to see the center from a lot of different viewpoints. And I think all of the viewpoints are great. It just shows how much work really does go into the center, how much um, heart goes into it, in my opinion. I think that the center is good for two reasons that First of all, the support that we give to the community, but also the community that we foster in, in itself. Just being a part of the Peer Support Center is such an amazing opportunity. I think I have found it to be so helpful in my own healing journey and has helped me just have so many people in my corner and know that there's people that I can reach out to for support and hopefully be able, I've loved being able to kind of create that community for others on campus as well. Wow. And I think that, like you mentioned, it's really interesting that you've been a part of the peer support center from so many different angles or like viewpoints. Um, and so starting as like a, like a participant yourself and going in for support and then the following year being someone who's able to provide support and now having more leadership roles. Um, I think that's really neat. And I also love how um, when you mentioned how for two reasons, you're able to support others but at the same time, the peer support center community um, support one another. And I really think that just goes to show how important community is um, for all of our mental health and feeling supportive, supported um, by others. Yeah, absolutely. I think community is huge. Like when you know that there are other people there to support you or whoever experienced similar experiences and just want to be there for you. I think that's monumentally powerful. For sure. I mean, it's a big world and it's easy to sometimes feel alone in your feelings and your thoughts and in your experiences. Um, So I think it is really powerful um, just knowing that you are a part of something bigger. Actually, Kate, I I would just like to build on that because you brought up the point of kind of feeling alone, which is obviously so unfortunately relevant um, in in the days that we're living in now. Yeah. Um, But I just want to say another reason Uh, like why I joined the PSC on the topic of feeling alone is that it's so like the feeling of being able to connect with someone on such an intimate face-to-face firsthand level obviously we're trying to replicate that now with zoom so you know ideally both parties will have their camera on and you can see each other and we're trying to make it as similar to what the experience would be if we were in person which hopefully we can get back to soon but I remember in first year like I was struggling with some of my own things as well and you know, like, like most first years do, like it, it can be potentially a, a rough transition period. And um, thankfully, because of that campus tour in first year, I was aware of the PSC. And so therefore, I, I, I kind of went and I went to go seek support. And, um, and I just I remember even being in that session as a, you know, little baby Peter, I'm in my first year, and I'm in that session. And I remember thinking, if I were the volunteer in this situation, I wonder how I would feel. Like if, if I were the person who is providing the support instead of receiving it, how would that feel? What would that experience be like? And like even in, in second year, once I thankfully got to be a volunteer, I just wanna say like it's hearing someone else express what they're going through to you makes you feel so much less alone and obviously you have the opportunity to help them provide support try to be there for them and and that can go a long way but even from a personal perspective like 
as the person who is providing the support, like you feel like you're part of something bigger, especially when you're speaking to someone who is also a student at Queens, who's also an undergrad, like that feeling of being able to connect with someone and have someone willing to share with you what's going on in their life as much as they're comfortable with, of course, that, that feels really, if it just makes you feel less alone. And then like, when you take that home, like I would take that home with me, like second year, you know, after I had a session, I, I would go home, maybe, you know, maybe I had the session from like six to 8 PM because we're open 10 AM to 10 PM. So let's say for example, that's when I had the session, I would go home, maybe have a snack. And I would think to the problems that I was going through in my life. And I'd realized that I'm not the only one, you mm. know, like maybe, maybe the issue that someone shared with me isn't the same issue I'm going through, but it's, on, on kind of a basic level, it's nice to know that we're all kind of in this together and that like, yeah, you're not alone in your struggles. Like people are going through things as well, whether or not they're the same thing you're going through. We're all going through, like we all go through things from time to time and, and it's not always equal in the severity, but it's just, it's nice to know that like, if you're struggling, you're not the only one. And when you get to talk to people, you get to see that you know, the world's a lot bigger than whatever you make it out to be in your own mind. And, and like other people are struggling too. And it's so, if it can feel really good to be able to be there for someone, because it kind of feels like you're being there for yourself at the same time too. Yeah. I think you brought up some really good points there. And just remembering too, I think, I don't know, remind me how you're saying, like you felt connected because you're all students at Queens. And I think it kind of goes to show that like you may have never met the person before and this might be your only interaction with them, but having even just that simple connection of knowing that, you know what, like we all go to school at the same place um, still gives you that sense of connection. And I think that's really powerful. Um, But also like often all you need is for someone to listen, right? Like you don't need someone to give you advice necessarily and tell you what they think you should do. Um, Sometimes all you need is for to feel validated and to feel heard. Um, so I think that's really powerful that Peer Support Center is able to provide that for students. Wow, what what an amazing description. You, yeah, <laughs> you really you really hit the nail on the head with that one. That's exactly what we do, yeah. Um, I guess on that note, Peter, do you wanna just elaborate in case a listener has never heard of the Peer Support Center um, and just give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely, thank you. So we, so the Peer Support Center is a student-led mental health resource on campus. But before I go any further, I just want to make it clear, we are not a substitute for professional help. And so what that means is if you're, if you're thinking of seeking like a professional, you know, a psychiatrist or counselor, what have you, um, you know, we, we can help you get there. We can help provide resources. We can sit down and go through the resource binder. We can even help you know, if, if you feel uncomfortable with the process, we can call someone for you, whether it be a counselor or a loved one, we could help draft an email. But at the end of the day, we are just students who are, who are willing to volunteer our time to just listen, support, validate, have you feel heard. Um, so more specifically, we offer confidential, non-judgmental, empathetic, peer-based support. And our entire service is founded on the principles of safety, empathy, acceptance, confidentiality um, and community. And so the community aspect is done more through our outreach and marketing campaigns. So Prishni, of course, is 
extremely talented at what she does when it comes to making posts and, and she runs her Facebook page and Instagram and website and does obviously an amazing job. And so it's through our marketing that we, you know, we, we try to run different events, kind of like our, our peer support award, which can be nominated to anybody. It doesn't have to be within the peer support center uh, or like internal members. So if you know of someone that you feel really embodies the act of like peer to peer help and like has, you know, been there for you and you kind of want to give them a shout out, that's an opportunity to do so. Uh, during the school year, we would have talks week and cares week. So uh, in the past, what we would do is we would set up booths in the arc and we would sell merchandise and we would have fun little kind of like boothing events. So we had like this big cardboard kind of like um, just like a rectangle and we would have different pieces of paper cut up into puzzle pieces like a jigsaw. And then when people would walk by the booth, they would write down how they self care on an individual piece of paper shaped as a jigsaw. And then at the end of the day, we would post or like, you know, using tape or whatever, we would put the piece of paper on the board like a jigsaw and we would fit each puzzle piece to make the whole board complete. And then that way people could walk by and they could see how there's so many different ways of self-care, but they all fit together to help each person individually. And there's no real right way to self-care. It's whatever, you know, helps you get through whatever you're going through and, and helps you feel better. But yeah, so, so that's kind of like what we do outside of the center. Obviously, we're still trying to do that, but in a remote way. So we're relying a lot more on Instagram Live. You can catch us at the end of each month making community dinners uh, between the three of us and the management team. I think the last time we did it, we made tacos at my place. And that was late November, I think it was. Right, Krishni? Late November? Yeah, yes. It was great yeah. tacos. <laughs> I Oh, my gosh. I... I was eating those leftovers for like a week and I love them very, very much. Um, but uh, yeah, and in our center, so just just for those listening, if if you're not already familiar, so some, what you can expect if you use our service is that if you type in the meeting ID or click the link to our two Zoom rooms that are running simultaneously, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, and you can find that information um, on our Instagram page, Facebook page, as well as our website. And you can find our website by just typing in Peer Support Center at Queen's University, and it, like it's bound to come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could also go on the AMS website, and then you just search up PSC, and our, our website link should be there. Um, but anyways, you, you hop into Zoom, and you're connected with a volunteer, and we still operate on a one-on-one basis. Um, and then the volunteer is going to ask you to sign the confidentiality agreement, which you could do remotely all via Zoom, because Zoom has remote annotating functions. So it's just a matter of clicking buttons and the volunteer will show you exactly what buttons to click. And it's, it's, it's quite simple. You just click buttons, type in your name, you could do a little signature um, and then you just start the session. And there's really no, there's no structure to it. Whatever it is that you wanna talk about, the volunteer is there to listen, to validate, to have you feel heard. Um, at the end of the day, we're not, well, it's funny, I use this analogy in, in our PSC training, but we are not like wizards in the sense that we could wave a magic wand and fix your problems because we are human beings and we're students just like you. But what we can do is we can listen, we can make you feel heard, we can help you feel like validated that you're not crazy for feeling the way that you're feeling. Um, we could try to provide like, you know, anecdotes when relevant, like if, if like, for example, a volunteer 
knows that they've been through a situation similar to the one that's being described to them. They could let the peer know that they've been through something similar. And oftentimes there's a certain amount of comfort that can come from that. But at the end of the day, we're here to support, to validate, uh, to empathize with you, to just try to sit in your shoes while you explain what it is that's going on. And we just, we're just a friend that's there for you, really. Wow. I really admire the work you guys do. And I think empathy is so powerful. Um, and so I love that one of your main, I guess, like um, building blocks or one of your like foundation is empathy. I think that's so important. Yeah. Um, I guess when you, when you Google peer support center, I often see your motto, which is no problem is too big or too small. Um, Prishni, do you want to just elaborate a bit on that motto? Yeah, absolutely. So their motto is actually probably one of my favorite, I think, like marketing parts of the PSC, I think, because it really highlights the diversity of the support that we offer. Uh, like Peter mentioned, we are at our core, just like an empathy service, essentially, where we don't offer like specific mental health treatment or anything like that. We're not a substitute for professional health. So with that, there's also the ability to really serve such a diverse community. And we offer by the motto, no problem is too big or too small. Essentially what we aim to highlight is that we really are here to support you through anything. Um, at university, students really do go through such a diversity of experiences. Everyone has different lived experiences that they're bringing and that might affect the way that they're dealing with a certain circumstance. And I think with the PSC, what we try to do is we try to acknowledge all of that and just be there for you through whatever you're going through. Um, we do that through, we have a variety of different ongoing trainings that we give as well as our initial training, which we try to highlight and give our volunteers the skills to deal with a variety of different lived experiences, as well as we have PSC Care, which is our new dedicated service that we have for um, individuals who self-identify as BIPOC, as part of the BIPOC community. Mm -hmm. And that's so we have this, we aim to serve this like diversity, this wide variety, um, wide varied community. But also I think what is meant to meant to be highlighted with the slogan, no problem is too big or too small, is that we really, we serve a wide community, but we also are here for you through anything. Like I said, I think we've had people come in who just want to color with us. So just want a break from like what's happening. And when we're in the center, we have like tea set up. We have like the coloring books. We have just like, it's a very like warm, cozy environment. So if you just really just need a breather and someone to talk to or just someone to be there with you, we are there for that. We're also there if you are dealing with significant trauma and you really just need like resource referral immediately or you need a, some, a support team there for you. We're there, for, there um, for you for that as well as everything in between. So we really want to be as accessible as possible and as available to the student community as we can. And I think what our slogan tries to do is, to, is just draw attention to that and to show that we really are there for you and this service is available for you no matter what. Yeah, I agree that it's an amazing slogan. So shout out to the marketing team. Um, but I think you highlighted some really good points. And I also just think that sometimes we're hard on ourselves and we feel like we judge ourselves and we say like, 
well, my problems are so small compared to someone else. Like, why do I feel like this? Like what's wrong with me? Um, so I kind of like that you also mentioned that no problems too small. Like it's okay for you to think like, I feel horrible, but like, I have almost no reason to feel this way. Um, so yeah, I think it just kind of allows ourselves to actually feel our feelings and remember like, it's okay, like to feel this way. Yeah, absolutely. I think like as humans, we often have a tendency to compare ourselves a lot. Yeah. And in some capacity, I guess that's good. It forces you to grow, to learn from other people, but we can also be so critical of ourselves. And that's something that we see a lot in the center where people are like, they don't feel their problem is yet like big enough. And that's mm-hmm. just, we don't, we don't buy into that. We really do think that if it affects you, it's valid. And we are here to support you through that. We're not here to judge you and as no one should because again everyone I think does come from a different background they have their own lived experiences and what affects everything affects different people differently and if it affects you you should honor and acknowledge that and by coming in trying to receive support and us being there to give it to you I think we're as a community working towards this idea that we're trying to just be better the way that we can and just working towards more positive mental health for everyone across the board. Yeah, well said. And I think too, sometimes we just, we can almost like suppress any of our feelings that we're not okay. And that uh, we're like, oh, why do I feel this way? We just suppress, suppress, suppress. Um, So I think having these services is so important because it allows people to bring some of those bigger issues to the surface. And maybe for some people, we think that the problem is super small and it's just minor and that's no big deal. Um, but sometimes when you bring things to the surface, you're able to explore um, some more like harder um, topics, which is hard work and can be upsetting. But I feel that it is important um, to take care of our own mental health to kind of bring some of those issues to the surface. If, if it's all, oh, sorry, Christian, I interrupted. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I was worried that the topic was about to change and I wanted to add a little something. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just want to say another benefit of kind of talking to a stranger like this in this setting of the PSC is that I, I just want to make it clear, at least in my opinion, and I feel like I, I speak for a lot of people when I say there's a big difference between talking out loud and talking out loud to somebody, mm. you know, like for me, like, if I keep all my thoughts just circling around in my head, in my mind, yeah. I, don't, I don't make any progress, you know, like it's really like one step forward, two steps back. Like if, if all I do is think and think and think then I'm not really getting anywhere, all I'm doing is just letting these problems circulate in my mind and they don't really filter out anywhere. And then if you start to say these things out loud, you know, then you could start to filter like what is real, what is not real, what am I kind of like, focusing too much on what should I be giving more attention to? How can I like consciously, you know, like kind of filter through these thoughts for my own sake. And then the next step from that would be talking to somebody. And when you speak to somebody again, I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm just speaking for myself here, but I'm just assuming that a lot of people feel this way as well is that when you talk to somebody, it's such a different experience than talking to yourself or talking to yourself in your head. And when you know that the words you're saying are being heard by someone other than you, I I just, I can't help but feel like just, just a little bit better 
you know, and that not to say that's going to solve your problems. Like if you got a bad grade, for example, and, and we've all been in situations where we worked really hard and, and we didn't get a grade that we were hoping for, just for example, you know, like the difference between saying to yourself, oh man, I studied so hard and I still didn't do well. That's so like discouraging. That compared to saying that to someone else who can then respond by saying, I understand. I'm sorry that you have to go through that. I understand that must be so frustrating. The way you feel is so understandable. I've been there. Would you like to look at resources? Like having someone respond and, and let you know that you're not crazy for feeling how you're feeling, that I feel like is really powerful. And that's one of the many beauties I see in the service that we provide. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you for bringing that up. And I guess it just made me think too that often when you're talking about, oh, if I just like have my thoughts, they spiral. Um, it made me think even for myself, I can have some pretty distorted thoughts. And even just using your example about the grades, um, I definitely could picture myself being like, oh my goodness, like I got a bad grade. And then all of a sudden that spiraling to, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. Oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. And oh, I also suck at this, right? Like it started with just a simple, like, ah, oh, I didn't get the grade I was hoping for. And all of a sudden my mind is going places that I'm a horrible person and, you know, never going to graduate or have a family or anything. Um, and so often I think just like speaking to someone else kind of like, even if they don't even respond or say anything back, it almost makes you realize like, oh, wait a second, let's take a couple steps back. My, like right now my thoughts are spiraling. Um, I did get a bad grade, but that doesn't define me. And so I find almost when I just say it out loud to someone else, I'm able almost to like rationalize my own thoughts rather than continuing that distorted spiral. You articulated that wonderfully. <laughs> you said that perfectly, yes. Thank you. I find that it often, like it helps to ground me, like talking. It's almost like you're, I think when you're talking to someone else, you begin to see it as if you're on the outside and you're like talking to a friend and like you see it from more like a, yeah, like a rational perspective, like looking at the situation from the outside in, as opposed to like when things are just going on in your head, it's easy to just get consumed by that. And you kind of develop like almost like tunnel vision and that's all you're seeing and you can spiral or like everyone copes with it differently and it just often is not very positive for your mental health so I think that's just talking to someone else and that just shows like the power of like social interaction even if you're not actually even talking and they're just you're you're relaying what you're saying to someone else and they're just being a supportive figure um and just how much power there is in that yeah for sure and speaking personally um, I've had like a lot of anxiety throughout my life. And I know for me, when my anxiety is talking, um, I often will like spiral. And I know a strategy that's helped me is just thinking like, okay, well, what would I tell a friend if they were going through a similar situation? And often I would act obviously much more compassionately um, towards a friend. So I think that's kind of like a good strategy too, just to remind yourself if you do get caught up um, in these distorted thoughts, um, to think about like, well, would I give this advice to a friend? Would I really respond this way to a friend? Um, so I think definitely compassion is key. Yeah. I think like one of the most difficult things is showing like that compassion that you give to everyone else to yourself, which seems so bizarre. Like you're such, you know, all these things, but you're not enacting it for yourself. And I think that's something that almost everyone struggles with, but they're so compassionate and they can be so empathetic with other people, but we're not, 
we don't show that same kindness to ourselves. And I think that's where things like self-care and reflection, working to understand like your own value is so important because we all have value on this planet and we all bring something. And I think reminding yourself of that and showing yourself that same love and kindness and pouring that into yourself is so important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're definitely so hard on ourselves. And I think for everyone, um, just a reminder going into this new year, 2021, just to be a little more gentle on ourselves and a little kinder. Um, I think a long way. (laughs) This is a little random, but um, it just feels like it's very related. I actually, I have that like Google momentum thing. So a different quote comes up every time you open a different tab. And the quote that came up today is the thing that is really hard and really amazing is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself. And I think that just really speaks to what we're talking about right now. Oh my gosh, that's such a good quote. And I (laughs) completely agree. And I definitely, when I was saying like that I used to be really anxious or still continue to be, um, it was definitely rooted in perfectionism and always wanting um, to be perfect. And I think it's really liberating um, to work Mm -hmm. towards not being perfect and just being like good. Um, So Yeah. yeah, I like that quote a lot. Yeah, exactly. I think being like unquestionably and unconsciously yourself is being perfect. Like you're, that's like, what is perfect? (laughs) I know. Right. It's literally, and that's the problem too. When you strive for perfection, well, there is no such thing a perfect or the problem is like, you'll never be satisfied, which again, like, right. Like you're kind of saying earlier, like it helps us grow and it helps us, you know, do better and continue to strive for new big things, which is important but it also means that then you're never satisfied and you always, well, you achieve one thing and you think, okay, what's next? Yeah, exactly. I think it's like reframing your idea of success or happiness or perfection and understanding that it's a growing and growing thing and something that you're consistently developing, but it's perfect at every single stage that you're going at. You're, you're learning something and you're moving on and you're still whole. You're just becoming even more developed and Mm -hmm. but at every single stage you're still completely whole yeah I love that I guess do you want to now um each of you guys can maybe talk about like what mental health means to you and maybe um some self-care practices that (laughs) have been helping you get through the pandemic but also just life in general um and how you support this kind of big question I guess yeah first of all if you wanted to start with what does mental health mean to you and how do you support your own mental health so Peter, if you want to answer this question first. Yeah, thank you, Kate. Um, what does mental health mean to me? Well, I know for for me, a good kind of like canary in the coal mine, you know, like a good indication of whether or not I'm doing all right mm-hmm. is if I'm grounded. I feel like when when I start to feel like my two feet aren't on the ground and I'm not really where I am, that's when I start to kind of, that's when the alarm bells start to go off and I realize I need to change something. And and it can be so easy to fall into a state of mind like that. I mean, you know, I'm in my fifth year now and and virtually every exam season, I've kind of, I've had to pull myself back down to earth. You know what I mean? Like my thoughts just, like sometimes I could just get so caught up in something that I'm not really in a conversation. Like I'm not really absorbing what someone's telling to me or I'm not really looking at where I'm going or I'm not really doing the task I'm doing because I'm just so I'm elsewhere I'm just so deep into my thoughts um and so for me 
again, personally, mental health to me means I am where I am. I'm doing what I'm doing. If I'm in a conversation, I'm giving that 100%. If I'm studying, I'm giving that 100%. And like having a good grasp of my mental health means that like my feet are on the ground, I'm here, I'm in the moment, I'm in the moment, I'm present, and I'm not like detached from the moment. Like I'm not elsewhere. I'm 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 right here, I'm right now. That's for me. And um, I guess some kind of like self-care and, and what's kind of been working for me to keep that. Um, I like to focus on the big three, which is like diet, exercise, and sleep. Mm. Um, and if I can maintain those three things consistently, then I give myself a better opportunity and a better chance of staying grounded more frequently. And, and again, for me personally, like what's been working is going back to the basics and having an actual bedtime, not just going to bed when you're finally done your work, but going to bed at a specific time every night and knowing that no matter what happens in that day, no matter how much you get done, you still strive to go to bed for that specific time. And if you can do that, um, and if you try to make sure that you go to bed more often in the PM than you do in the AM, then I feel like you give yourself a better opportunity of, you know, having the upper hand on your thoughts on what's going on in your head. Um, yeah, I, I know for me, like, especially this past summer when COVID was still like, you know, recently new and, and it was like, you know, school, at least here at Queens was kind of brought like no longer in person, like, what was it, mid-March, something like that? It was like yeah. mid-March when we all had to like leave and, and in-person yeah. weren't happening anymore. And so it took me, like there was a transition period, you know, where I was still operating as the version of myself that was still going to campus every day. And the version of me that just spends like a lot more time here at home now, like that, that still took developing. Like I still had to create that, you know, that routine. So yeah, I'd say definitely routine yeah. has helped me a lot to get those basics down to sleep regularly, to eat appropriately and, you know, regularly not to miss meals um, mm. and to, to exercise too. And, and going outside and walking makes a huge difference, huge difference. I mean, even if you just go to the pier and you just look at the water, like yeah. that, uh, what a, like a, that affects my day personally, like tremendous amount yeah for sure I agree if the pandemic has taught me anything is how much I appreciate outdoors and my weekly or my weekly gosh my daily walks um are so important for my mental health so I completely agree um Peter do you have a favorite way to move your body do you find it's walking or what's your favorite way yeah yes <laughs> I'm glad you asked because I, I've certainly been putting more and more like like thought into this. Um, I, I, so I personally, I live off of Johnson while I'm here in Kingston and I'm a huge fan of looking out kind of like, I love spaces where I can see really far out in front of me. You okay. know, like I, I grew up in Toronto, went to high school downtown. And so, you know, I took the TTC back and forth from high school every day. Um, and so I'm very accustomed to a way of life in which you can only see a few feet in front of you at any right. given time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but so I love going to the pier and I love just like looking out on the water and 
like as far as like my favorite way to move my body I guess like for physical activity I yeah. just love walking to the pier honestly okay. yeah yeah I, no this fall yeah. I don't know if you were on campus as well but there were so many good sunsets and my housemates and I like I swear there was like a two-week period there were every night the sunsets were unreal um and that was definitely a huge mental health booster just like going for a walk going to the pier and then just staring out at the lake and at the beautiful sunset I I do just want to add though um like like doing things such as walking to the pier taking time for yourself, deliberately taking time out of your day to look out for yourself and do something that you know will restore you mentally and physically, Mm -hmm. that's all great. But I just want to say the act of walking to the pier and sitting or standing and just taking a couple breaths, that in itself is nowhere near as therapeutic as going to the pier and actively, deliberately trying to work through your thoughts detach from what's stressing you detach from what's making you feel down for whatever reason try to you know look at the waves look at the water like imagine what what would it be like if you were like in the water or like look at how pretty the sky is like it's not enough to go through the motions you need to you need to do things with like the conscious deliberate attitude of working on you and working on your mind and, and working on whatever it is that's going on upstairs you know so I I just want to make that clear and when I kind of like made that distinction that that in itself was also it I mean it's just a game changer you know like if you're like consciously it's the same thing with like working out too like if you're exercising if you're going through the motions or if you're really concentrating on feeling what you're supposed to feel it makes all the difference Yeah, no, thank you for highlighting that. And I think that's so true. The difference between being deliberate versus just going through the motions where you can be like, oh no, I'm still doing my routines. Like I'm still going for walks, I'm exercising, eating, but it's just, you know, like you're detached and you're just going through the motions versus being deliberate. And actually, I think something I'm working on for myself is being more present. So meaning like if I'm going for a walk, really like slowing down, taking deep deep breaths, like in the summer, I almost started noticing like, nature and you know like what did the air smell like in the flowers and like what did the breeze feel like on my hair um those can be huge so yeah thank you for mentioning that peter absolutely um prishni on to you do you want to chat a little bit about what mental health means to you and um maybe some different strategies that you have for supporting your own mental health yeah absolutely so i think what mental health means to me kind of similar to what's been talked about already but i think it is being very present in like my mind and body and in a very healthy and productive way so I find that I find that I'm a I'm at my best mental health when I think I feel that I'm acting in alignment with all of my values and I'm pouring into the world like what I'm in a positive way and I'm able to positively interact with my family and friends and to give back and to just feel very present in my day-to-day in the way that I want to be. So I think that comes down to like a lot of what we've talked about of like grounding and making sure that you are deliberately doing the work. I find that when I am in more of like a poor mental health space, like I almost, I say like, I feel it like in my soul, like I feel very unsettled and that's when I know, okay, I need to do something. And it's about, I think being very, I try to be as proactive as possible. So 
act like taking that time and space when I do think feel like things are beginning to fall a little bit or I'm feeling a little bit off making that time and space and making my mental health a priority and constantly checking in with myself because I find that I remember once someone told me my mental health is kind of like a bucket and the more you like don't address stuff things are just filling up and then one day like things just overflow so kind of what I try the way I try to approach that analogy is I'm going to address things as they come so that my bucket does never get to the point where it fills up and overflows so I try to so the ways I try to do that I guess with those self-care practices are I definitely like agree like I think nature and just being active is very helpful um the research has shown that the, when you move your body like you're releasing positive hormones and that helps you regulate your mental health and stay grounded and especially if you are I think that what we talked about before that like tunnel it's easy to fall into that tunnel vision where if you are in a negative headspace and you begin to just the kind of adds on everything and every every little thing for me I find just like adds on to that and I I'm, I fall into this tunnel vision I think I'm I find that I'm especially susceptible to that especially during COVID where I'm not interacting with people as much or I'm not being forced to go out so I think actively trying to address the little things and staying grounded. Um, something that I have found that is very helpful for me is definitely writing. Uh, I have recently taken up like journaling and like I found that like I wasn't journaling as much because I just didn't like, I'm not used to writing things by hand anymore because I'm yeah. all the time. So finding like apps on my computer that I can journal with instead, um, like softwares that I can use to kind of plan out my weeks, um, to ensure that I'm acting in alignment with my values and I'm constantly checking in with myself and reflecting on how things are going, things I want to change. Um, if I am feeling bad, it's almost like what we had spoken about, like, although like sometimes we, it is helpful definitely to like talk to someone and it kind of gets you out of your head. Sometimes you can't do that. And I find writing has a similar therapeutic quality for me where if I'm really like in my head, just like getting it out. Um, on paper helps to kind of help me process it and understand what's happening and then from there I can kind of make any appropriate movements or something but I think what honestly has been the most helpful for my mental health is just being very kind to myself I found that my whole life I was very judgmental I was always trying to I was pushing things away um I think as a survival tactic in order because I think there's certain things I guess trauma related that you just don't want to deal with sometimes but now I'm at a point where I'm very much like if I'm having a bad day I'm having a bad day and I'll try my best but I'm also going to be kind to myself and if all I can do that day is lie in bed and watch tv and do some yoga or something I'll do that instead of pushing myself to do like a major workout or to do a lot of work and I think what happens there is before I would make myself do that but you're doing I found that I was doing like lesser quality work throughout the time period, as opposed to now, if I just take the day off and then the next day I will be much more equipped to be, in, I'll be in a better headspace. I'll be much more equipped to respond and to do more productive work. And I found that just changing my outlook on things like that has helped a lot. Um, in specific relation to the pandemic, I feel like, I feel like just being very honest with yourself about what your needs are. There's, I found like it's easy to just because you can just to stay inside all the time and not talk to many people and that often isn't very healthy so being honest about 
like, what do I need? Like, what do I think will be helpful for me? Should I go for a walk? Maybe I can go on a social distance walk with a friend or even just like FaceTime. Like I think doing things online, trying to still have those social interactions is very important. And like trying to still develop those connections and be there for like other people and have them be there for you is very important and still trying to foster that as much as possible. Yeah, no, that was all so well said. Um, a couple things really stuck out to me. I guess one, I really like how you talked about your mental health is stronger when uh, you feel that you're aligned with your values. And I think that's a really good point in being able to recognize um, what are our priorities and what do we really value? And I agree that when we're acting in ways um, that conflict with our values, that's often when we um, experience poor mental health. So I think being in tune with your body and what fills you up and makes you feel good and what's a priority to you is really important to identify. Um, and I guess another, <laughs> another thing you're talking about too, just made me remember that how like our mental health, like we're not going to always feel perfect one day. Like we're not always going to feel perfect. You know what I mean? And how that our mental health fluctuates and that's okay. And that's normal. And that some days we will wake up and just feel like, Oh, I'm not feeling myself today. Today's not the day. And so I love how you mentioned that you're learning to just kind of accept that, you know what, today I'm not feeling my best. So I'm going to let myself fully rest, whether that be like you mentioned, lying in bed, watching TV, doing some light yoga, um, and tomorrow I'll start fresh. And I think that we have all grown up in this world where it really like celebrates productivity. Um, and we feel that we always need to be productive but like you mentioned, often when we're always feeling like we have to be productive, it reduces our quality of work um, and the way that we interact with the world. And so I think that's really powerful um, that you said that just learning to actually take a rest day. And it means that the next day you'll be that much more productive. Um, I, I really resonate with that. And I agree that um, sometimes it's okay not to be productive. And that, you know what I mean? Like we're humans and we've got a lot of time and we don't need to make every single minute of our life, quote unquote, like productive. So thank you for bringing up those really good points. Um, I guess moving on, um, maybe Peter, do you wanna just talk about some resources that are available at Queens? Um, that students can access to support their mental health or maybe that of someone else? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I'd like to start by saying the PSC is here for you. I feel like <laughs> I definitely, definitely don't want to miss that. Um, and obviously, we already spoke at length about what it is that we do. Um, a little snippet of what you can expect if you use our service at this time. Like I said, we're trying to make it as similar to what it once was as possible. Uh, and obviously, we're all trying to stay optimistic in the hopes that we'll be able to go back to operating in person as soon as possible, ideally next year or, you know, sh you know shortly, as soon as possible. Um, but aside from the PSC, um, there is Empower Me. So first of all, I'll, I'll just list the resources. So the resources that are available, if you were to search up Queen's University Mental Health Services, there are kind of three primary mental health resources that pop up immediately. So I'll just briefly go, go through those. Um, and then there's another two that, that I'll just touch upon. And, and, and those are kind of like a, a good five to keep in your back pocket. 
And then if you'd like more, if you'd like to explore more, of course, feel free to stop by the PSC. We have a resource binder. We can go through some other ones if you're interested, but I'll just briefly go through these five. So first up, we have Empower Me. Empower Me is available to anyone in North America. And if you're a Queen student, I believe it's free. I don't think it would be free if you're not a Queen student. So, so all the things I'm about to say apply primarily to Queen students. Um, at least if you're an undergrad, I'm, I'm not even sure if these would apply if you're a grad student. But um, anyways, so anywhere, anywhere in North America, if you're a Queens undergrad student, you can access Empower Me anytime. It's 24 seven, you know, um, every day of the week. And um, you can call 1-833, or excuse me, 1-833-628-5589. And so when you call, you can get connected to a professional counselor, um, not just like a, like a student who's volunteering their time. Um, and, you know, of course, I've used this service myself. It's, it's really nice. It's really nice to be able to talk to someone. Obviously, there's a difference between like texting services and calling services. And so if you're looking for a little bit more like intimate support, um, highly recommend this. And um, yeah, and all you do is you just pick up your phone, you call and, and you could just have a conversation with a trained professional. It's quite nice. Um, next up, we have TAO, which is an acronym. T-A-O stands for Therapy Assistance Online. Um, again, you can access this anywhere, anytime, and it's free if you're a Queen's undergrad student. So it's my understanding that TAO is kind of, it's, a, it's comprised of like self-help modules um, that are focused on applicability. So they kind of run through like various ways that you could work on de-stressing within your own life. And then throughout these modules, there's little sections that help you contemplate and think about how you can apply what you're learning into your real life. So they try to make it as applicable and practical as possible. And it's not, obviously there's a bit of theory-based stuff in there, like, you know, just ideas you can try, but they really encourage you to try to apply what you learn in your real life. Outside of the um, kind of self-help modules, there's also a library of meditation kind of clips. So these meditation clips could range from like two minutes to 10 minutes. I think maybe I saw like a 12 minute one on there once. Um, and they're actually quite nice. I'm, I'm personally, I'm a big fan. And, um, and they have like nature sounds or like someone, you know, with a gentle voice who is coaching you through like a specific like meditation exercise. Um, and for those few minutes, like we touched upon, if you deliberately put yourself in the moment and you really go into this with the conscious idea and thought and intention that you want to work on yourself and you want to really get them, you know, get everything you can out of these few minutes, then at least for me personally, I found it to be quite helpful. In addition to that with Tao, they also have an app. Um, I don't know if it would be on like all devices. Uh, personally, I, I have an iPhone, so it, it works on my iPhone. I downloaded the app. And so sometimes when I, when I feel like I'm, I'm really kind of like, drowning in whatever it is I have going on in my life. I just put in my earphones. I put on one like episode. I don't know if you can call it an episode. They're only a few minutes, but anyways, makes makes a big difference. And I kind of, I employ that whenever I feel is necessary. Uh, next up we have SWS. Um, and for SWS, you can either do in-person, obviously you'd have to be in Kingston, um, or you could do remote counseling sessions. Um, they have a number, which is 613-533-2506. All of this can be looked up on the website. You just need to type in 
Queen's University Mental Health Services or SWF Student Wellness Services, whatever you'd like, and, and you can find it all there. Um, the, the only difference though between SWS and the two other resources I've already mentioned, which are Empower Me and Tao, with SWS, you do have to be in Ontario. So whether you're doing your counseling service remote or in person, they are only liable to provide their services within Ontario. So if you're in the West Coast, East Coast, um, this unfortunately doesn't um, extend to there. Um, then for those in Ontario and Nova Scotia, we have Good to Talk. I've also used Good to Talk myself. Um, I don't think I've called, I, I use the text service. Um, and the number is 1-866-925-5454. Again, you could just look this up, just type in Good to Talk. It should be one of the first things that pop up. Um, yeah, and I found, again, these are trained uh, counselors, trained professionals, similar to Empower Me. So it's not, again, it's not like the same kind of ideas what we offer at the PSC. Um, and so I, I found it helpful. And it's kind of, it's nice if you, if you want to call, you can call. But obviously, if you want to text, that's a slightly different, you know, conversation. And, you know, if you're simply more comfortable with texting, I think it's nice that they have that option. Um, and then next up, uh, we have, oh, and also it's important to mention for Good to Talk, they're also 24-7, so anytime, similar to Empower Me. However, unlike Empower Me, they only, to the best of my knowledge, they only provide support in Ontario and Nova Scotia. And then next up, we have TALK, which is an acronym, stands for Telephone Aid Line Kingston. Obviously, they are um, providing support for those in Kingston. Um, and unlike the other resources, they operate 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., not 24-7. Uh, you can call them at 613-544-1771. And again, a uh, similar idea, you can call, you can talk about whatever it is that's going on in your life, very similar to what we offer at the PSC, except these aren't um, undergrad students who are volunteering their time. And then, like I said, if you're interested in more resources, um, feel free to stop by the PSC. And we can not only go through resources, but we can also just chat about literally anything. No problem is too big or small. We care about them all. Like literally come in. There is no limit to what you can bring up. We're just here to support, to validate and listen. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing all those resources. Um, those are extremely helpful. And it just goes to show there are uh, lots of different ways that you can seek support for your mental health and you really are not alone. Um, and I know you provided a couple different phone numbers and stuff, so I can, um, I'll put those in the description of our episode, um, just in case people didn't catch it, uh, verbally, I can, or via audio, I can also link that in the description. Um, okay. So I guess that wraps up our episode today. I just want to extend a huge thank you to both Peter and Prishni. I really appreciate your time. Um, I love chatting with you guys and I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for having us. It was so nice chatting with you. Yeah, I, I want to say I had so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for reaching out. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of QHO on Air. Remind yourself today and every day that you're enough and that you're loved. Now, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you next time.